2023. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Wallet Street. We have a very special edition today. Um, I am your host, Charlotte Gee, as always. And today, my guest is going to be my dad, um, his uh, Uber Gee. And the reason I wanted to have him on is because the Kentucky Derby is coming up this Saturday. And my dad works in the racehorse business. And so I thought I'd pick his brain about the upcoming event. This is actually an episode I wanted to do last year um, and I've had in my head for a while. So I'm actually really excited to get to do it because I don't think dad, we've ever really talked about um, the racehorse industry in this way and kind of the business around it. So I'm very excited. Yeah. Uh, well, last year was a little complicated with the COVID and, uh, you know, being able to move around. Uh, as you know, I go to Europe to buy horses as well. So it's a complicated uh, schedule, especially yeah. with the COVID that made it extra complicated. And, uh, you know, uh, but now we have a little bit of time. So be yeah. happy to answer your questions and try to uh, put a light on the Derby and uh, what's making it such an important race. For sure. So um, I'll just uh, also add my usual usual disclaimer that I always say at the top, which is that nothing that I that we talk about here is legal, accounting, financial, investment, or tax advice um, because I'm not a financial advisor. So with that out of the way, um, let's talk about the Derby this year. So it's Saturday, and there's 20 horses racing. I think is what I saw when I last checked. Yeah, the 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 Derby is a little bit of a for, for a reason, I uh, don't know exactly the details why, but it's a 20-horse race instead of usually American racing on dirt is around 14, 14 horses max. On the Derby is 20. So you have a system of points to get into the race. Mm -hmm. Since they're based in the most important race in, uh, as a two-year-old, the contenders, um, in the better horses, well, what I mean contenders are the best horses of the generation, score points in the major races and of course the one who are qualified to run in the derby are the one who you know score the most points um so certain designated races like the british cup juvenile were the best you know it's kind of a little bit like in tennis where you score points you know on uh, your, your your classification atp goes up you know uh, as you uh, win those major tournaments where the same thing for the horses uh, I think it's not a bad system. Uh, Churchill started that a couple of years ago where they have to run uh, in certain designated races. They now as well have horses abroad, one in Dubai, one in Japan, where uh, to get uh, horses from uh, abroad to come on a race. Mm -hmm. has, this, has the field gotten more international over time? Yeah. Exactly. The Churchill wanted to open up, uh, wanted to open up, uh, you know, on uh, different countries like uh, Dubai. So Dubai on the, the Dubai World Cup, there's a uh, the three-hole derby in Dubai where the winner scores points. On um, uh, we had horses like Mendelssohn a couple of years ago that came. Uh, so now it's a it's a race that people are looking at, especially Japanese or people from the people from horses from the Middle East to to uh, win that race, to be able to qualify for the Derby. And you have the same thing in Japan. 
is um so maybe this is a good point to talk a little bit about the differences in rate horse racing across different countries because i don't think well, and i don't the, really know very well the differences the the big difference is that american racing is basically based on dirt racing which is sand on rest of the world is more grass like europe japan on dubai but dubai uh, did a uh, dirt track because sheikh mohammed uh, the ruler of dubai was got that, that stable godolphin always one has uh, got a big stable in america as well and they wanted to be part of it so uh, they created in their uh, in their beautiful track in medan uh, a dirt track as well where they have the dubai world cup on the, they have the three or race now that qualifies for the derby. So uh, it's a very good uh, stepping stone for the, the horses from the other side of the world to be able to, to compete in the derby if they win that race, because uh, there's a lot of points. You need those points to qualify to be in the derby. So this is um, maybe a good question or a good point to ask. What makes a good horse get all these points? Because I think people might not realize how um, you're talking why, why horses are good. Well, he's the best athlete physically. That's what we try to find. That's my business. I mean, as you know, uh, you've been, uh, you know, part of it of watching it from the side, you know, all those years on it's to try to pinpoint the best athletes. Uh, it's why the best breeders try to come up with those best horses, send their mares to the best stallions and come up with those horses can compete to those races at that level. On either it's in uh, Europe, like England, France or Ireland, or, uh, or Germany, or it's uh, Dubai, or it's Japan. Uh, everybody aimed the same direction to get the best horses, but it's very difficult. How, would you, how many, if you could estimate, do you think horses are actively running out there in a given year? And so I'm trying to figure out those 20 horses that get in, what percentage does that make up out of the field out there? Because I imagine it's like 0.001%. Well, there's a very good uh, statistician for the, I'm, I'm going to talk about the US. Okay. Uh, there's a, a, a gentleman called uh, Bill Oppenheim who does a, uh, we used to do uh, a lot of uh, stats on stallions, you know, et cetera, et cetera, uh, to find the best. And he's got a very good statistician working for him. And I asked her, I said, well, what's the best horses? Two and a half percent of the population, the, the black type, when we call black types, as the horses will, will, will run all the greater stakes, winning the greater stakes, et cetera. And she, she laughed and she said, are you joking? Two and a half percent, it's 1.04 percent on mm -hmm. one year population. So that's all the black type horses. Now the derby, it's even smaller percentage. I don't know what it is exactly, but it's a very, very small percentage. As you see, there's only 20 horses taking part of it. So to be the winner is an incredible achievement. Yeah. I mean, even just to get in the race. Um... Winning the race is already a great achievement, but winning the race or being in the first three is an incredible achievement. And then I think we can say, I mean, um, beyond that, it's getting the Triple Crown, which um, I know happened in the last uh, few years, but hadn't happened for many years before that. Yeah, even better if you win the Triple Crown, if you have the best horse and is able to win the Derby, the Preakness on the, uh, the Belmont uh, Stakes. 
it's it's unreal. I mean, Justify, which is the last horse we won it, I think was sold uh, from uh, Windstar Farm uh, with the, the China Horse Club and other partners uh, to Coolmore. Uh, I believe was somewhere between sixty-five and seventy-five million. To For give a you horse, that. sixty-five million dollars. Between sixty-five wow. and seventy-five million, yes. And wow, that's in, that I didn't realize they could be that expensive. Um, yeah, they can. <laughs> uh, what about so? Um, once you get into the race, let's talk a little bit about the race itself because it seems like the um, the post. Is it called the post position that you get? Yeah, the post position, very important. Very important. On, uh, we have the post position on Monday. On, you know, of course, if you're way on the outside, you're not as favored as being on the inside. Uh, Chad Brown, which I work with, I buy horses for him in Europe. Uh, one of the favorites called Zandon. A lovely horse with a beautiful mover. On, uh, he's been bought by, uh, when he was a yearling, by uh, Mike... Uh, uh, Mike Ryan was uh, an exceptional talent as finding good horses. Um, uh, this horse is a beautiful mover. I mean, they, they, they show his uh, work, his last work on uh, on uh, on YouTube, and it was very, or what they called Twitter, on very impressive. The horse is just floating. It's just like it's effortless. Um, so he's one. He's right now the favorite. One of the favorites. Um, uh, How do they pick the pole positions? Is it random? It's a draw. It's a draw. It's a random draw. Random. So okay. uh, it's, they put the numbers in a bowl, and uh, some you pick it up, and you know, as as you go along, uh, uh, you know, it's really luck. Of, it's luck of the draw. When it comes so luck of the draw. <laughs> it's exactly that. You know, on the Zandon is going to have the the ten post position. Um, which is right in the middle, uh, not the best, but definitely not the worst. You know, it was much better. Uh, the the second horse with people are talking about a horse called uh, Epicenter, but not this time. Young Sire was doing very very well. Um, uh, you know, it's another horse with a very very good chance. Mm -hmm. Got six stars, four wins, one. Uh, one place, I mean, made already a million dollars. He won the Louisiana Derby. Uh, he's another contender. Uh, there's a horse, um, uh, there's two horses of ex Baffert, as you know, the controversy with what happened with Baffert last year with uh, Medina yeah. Spirit. Uh, Messier on the, on the Taiba, who's been uh, now trained by um, uh, Team Yakteen. As uh, Bob Baffert is not allowed to, to, to train those two horses for this race. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, they both look, I looked at them two days ago, the day before yesterday. Uh, in uh, I was at Churchill and they're very impressive physically, really impressive. I mean, very, very nice horses. And uh, the quality of horses is quite unbelievable. I mean, uh, Another horse which I like is Simplification. On top of it, I've got a bit of a, of a connection. Uh, it's owned on part by my good friends at Domeric, which I'm partner with when I buy, uh, we do those two-year training sales. The horse won the Fountain of Youth and then was third in the Florida Derby. On, uh, he's a very tough horse. He's not the favorite, but he's a very good chance of an outsider. 
I mean, he's, uh, he came from off the pace and he can be uh, very tough and he can pull up with a lot of, uh, I think he's, uh, he's also to watch. What, um, so you mentioned, you know, um, some horses that move well and that you observed them uh, training the other day. What do you look for? Because I have to be honest, I know I've watched you do it for many, many years, but I still just am not good at really distinguishing between what makes, you know, looking at a horse or looking at two different horses and telling which one is going to well, run better than the other. This is the trick because you have very good looking horses that cost a fortune that, that can really run and, you know, you, you, you know, you would have said, well, it's normal. The horse was beautiful. He had the pedigree. It's blah, blah, blah. But the nice thing about our business is that you got those unknown horses with uh, underrated sires. We physically maybe not as, not as impressive, but they move really well. And the fact they move so well makes them some very good resources, you know. And they have a lot of heart. So you got a horse like uh, uh, he did a bomb uh, with not a very big horse, but he's there, you know. He's the bomb. I hit it a bomb. He's, uh, he's uh, trained by my uh, friend uh, Kenneth McPeak, who's a very, very good judge of yearling. This guy is a real talent. He finds curling. Um, on this horse, yeah, he's not the most impressive horse physically, but he moves well and he's got a big heart. So he's a contender. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's it's thank God. You know, if if our business was just about having the most money, on the, you know having the the best horses, because you buy the best horses with the most money, uh, it wouldn't be any fun. I mean, the the Sheikh Mohammed on Kumo, we would win everything. They already win a lot. I mean, they they are two very good, uh, extremely talented. Uh, uh, operation run by some very, very smart people with very good trainers training the horses. And that's another point. You know, at the end, at the end of the day, not only you have to have the horse, you have to have a lux, etc. You need a really, really talented trainer, uh, what we call in the, in the horse business, holding the shank, you know, leading the horse. You need a guy with like the... Uh, or a girl, just saying. Or a girl. I mean, a girl, absolutely. Yes, yes, you're right. Um, or a girl. I mean, uh, we, we, we can take those horses to, to go to those races on uh, uh, Appleby for Godolphin or uh, Aidan O'Brien for Kulmo, uh, outstanding trainers. But in America, you've got a bunch of guys who are really talented. Uh, you know, Steve Asmussen, Todd Pletcher, Chad Brand. Uh, 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 Billy Mott, uh, I mean, th- there's a long list of guys who can really do the job. But I on... what, one thing, sorry to interrupt, but I wanted to add that, like, I and we talked a little bit about this, about the odds of getting into the Derby, but I don't think sometimes people realize how much you have to overcome just to even run a good race. Like, it's not just about, um, you know, having the athleticism. It's and- why... It's why having the uh, having the, the a good trainer at the end of the shank, the shank is uh, the way the, you hold is a piece of leather where how you you hold your horse, you know, when you walk him. On mm-hmm. it's why it's an expression in racing, you know. You have to have a very good trainer at the end of the shank. You need that mentor that uh, is be like the uh, like in a football team, you know, the uh, the head coach. 
uh, the guy's got to be very talented and extremely smart to place his horse at the right spot to do enough to be qualified but not do too much so he overruns the horse. But I also think that at least from observing it over the years, it's also the horse has to be healthy and not get injured, which is another big, I think. But that's, that's the basic. It's, if the horse is hurt, he can't run at that level. It's like you, if you're a good runner and you run in a race and you, you cut a little bit of your, your toe or your foot or, or uh, let's say or you have a bit of a, a, a muscle spasm or whatever, I mean, then you won't be able to perform at your best. It's the same thing with the horses. The slightest little little you know problem is a big problem so then but then on top of it you've also got um i think the unexpected you know you're racing against other horses that you've probably never run against before so there's that additional factor that's a little bit unpredictable but that's that's the beauty of the race because not uh, some of those horses run against each other but some of the horses didn't run against each other on the winner is going to emerge out of that group of 20 horses. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of uh, the whole, that's why the Derby is such an important race because sometimes it's not the horse you expected to win that win that race. And uh, it makes a, makes a huge, uh, you know, huge, it's a, it's a, it's a huge controversy uh, in the sense that the horse wasn't expected to win. But thank God it happens once in a while, you know, gives a chance for everybody. Underdog story. Everyone loves an underdog. Um, yes. What about the jockeys? How do they play factor into um, a good race? Andre Fab, the great trainer from uh, the great trainer from uh, France, with uh, won uh, major races, and uh, which I had the pleasure to to work with uh, at some point, um, says that the the horse is pretty much 90% of the equation on the trainer is, let's say, the, well, 85%. The jockey is 5% on the trainer is 10%. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the horse is doing the job. I mean, no trainer can make an average horse go faster than, he, than his ability. Um, on the other hand, a, good, uh, a bad trainer can maybe overlook a very good horse. On, on pass by, uh, the good trainers don't miss that. The ones that got a very good horse, they don't miss it. What, um, so I have a couple different questions I want to ask, but um, I'll go in order. First off, I know that you did at the beginning of your career a little bit of writing yourself. And I'm just curious from the jockey's perspective, what it's like to be on a horse in the race because to me it sounds absolutely terrifying well, going that fast and uh, that close to other horses but you probably uh, loved it i guess <laughs> which is why you do this i love i love riding i love competition i was riding as an amateur because my weight would have never allowed me to be a jockey i mean a professional jockey and then uh, because of my, the uh, those races were amateur races where the weights are higher on compared to the, the jockeys, you know, the jockeys and Maka, the weight is pretty much between 120, 118 and 125 pounds. Oh. Uh, it's, it's a jockey is all about timing, you know, it's getting, getting along with the horse and uh, feeling what he's got in the tank and not to move too soon, but not to move too late either. It's really a question of timing. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know, the good, the very, very best jockeys. They know exactly where to be in the best position in the race, save their horse for the final 200 yards, 300 yards. You know, uh, it's a talent. It's, a, you know, artist. I mean, uh, there's, there's, there's some very capable jockeys and uh, it's, a, it's, it's a team thing between the horse and the jockey. Uh, it's it's very difficult to explain because uh, some jockeys have that talent to know exactly what they have under their the, under under themselves, you know, and, and, and be able to quantify when to move with the horse, um, not to move too soon, or no, but not to move too late either, you know. It's uh, I, well, I but, think but it's- at the end of the day, like like I said, you know, the jockey and the trainer are very important, but compared. 85 percent is a horse um but what about uh in in the moment in the race because i think there's been a lot of races where i watched where you know the a horse that you think is last actually ends up you know pretty much winning well, accelerating if the, the pace if the pace is really really strong uh they go really really fast up front in the race sometimes the, the horses start to get tired on the horses from off the pace have a very good chance to come and finish and beat the horses, you know, around the lead. But the track at Churchill is usually, I mean, now you have another, at Churchill, I mean, you have uh, that time of year, at Churchill you have uh, something with uh, interfering is the weather. Mm-hmm. So usually the track is, is pretty fast on, it favors horses close to the pace. But, you can have some big thunderstorms. I mean, every year or every other year, you have thunderstorms on, on the track becomes muddy on its whole different ball game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sometimes you have a chance to come from really off the pace. But usually I would say on fast ground, good ground horses, uh, Baffert, especially the Baffert horses uh, were trained to really be close to the pace and be at the, at the uh, edge of the race the whole time. Only won the derbies, like, you know, a couple of derbies like that. I mean, um, so, but the weather can play a really, really, it's a big factor. I mean, mm-hmm. if you have a horse who doesn't like the mud, I mean, you, you're done. I mean, it's uh, basically, they either like it or they don't. Yeah. Or really in between. What, um, what about deciding how to train or prepare a horse in terms of the running Lengths because I don't know is it a mile and a quarter the the derby. The derby is a mile and a quarter, but uh, you know, first when the people buy the horses or even when they're born, they they really try to find a, a mix of the the father and the mother where there's some a little bit of stamina somewhere so the horses can stay that distance, mm-hmm. but then find out when you run the horse you know from usually the, those horses who run the derby are usually fairly precocious they show speed because they have talent and some of them can go a mile a quarter and some of them can't you know they go a mile or a mile ace but they can't go a mile a quarter so that's that's the whole that's another factor you know really important in the in that race that which horses can stay a mile a quarter and you got to remember for the triple crown you shorten up to a mile three sixteenths for the Preakness, but then you go a mile and a half for the Belmont. So you have to understand the versatility you need to have in your horse to be able to win a triple crown. That's why it's so difficult. Yeah. 
because there's three different distances on the, especially the Derby and the Preakness are only two weeks apart, 15 days, which is a very short, very short period. And then you have the, the Belmont uh, Stakes uh, three weeks later, but it's a mile and a half. But by that time, the, the, the horses that got beat do not, don't usually come back. Some of them do, but not, not all of them. So um, it's, a, it's, it's a very grueling, uh, very grueling three races. The, the, the horse that wins the Triple Crown is an exceptional horse. If um, another question I had is if you would ever put a um, Philly female horse with absolutely there's been in the past uh two that i know genuine risk on the on the, the other one was uh, uh the philia philia win lucas uh her name escapes me but uh, winning colors mm -hmm. on the beating the colts it happened because in the horse business especially as a two-year-old the the, the fees, it's like at school They're usually the the girls are a lot more precautious than the boys And it's the same thing in the horse business. Uh, the fillies can be a little more precocious, especially at two, not so much at three or four, but once in a while you have a filly who is capable of beating the boys. And I believe that Wayne Lucas has got a very good filly who is running in the Oaks, but she got, might be running in the Preakness uh, if she runs good in the Oaks. That's great. Well, I fully um, am obviously support. Uh, um, it is, yeah, well. So another question I had is, uh, it's, it's, um, it's something we've seen over the, uh, I mean, the decades I've been in the, uh, in the horse business, the very, very best feelings can beat the boys. And um, once a horse does one of the seasons, well, first off, how old are they? Are they usually three years old when they run the Derby? Uh, uh, no, the Derby is old for three years. Yeah. You're, you're trying to, to define The, the, thing, the great thing about, you know, the, the racing is elitist. Well, you find the best two-year-old, you're trying to find the best three-year-old. That's why you have all those races, to define who is the best. Um, then you have the handicap races, but then you, the handicap races, you're giving a weight allowance for a horse who's not as good as another horse. Mm -hmm. So the, the nice thing about the, those classic races is that it's, All the horses have the same weight. Uh, the fillies get uh, three pounds for the sex. Uh, they get a three pound allowance. But the, the, the colts are all at the same weight. On the, that's just to decide, that's the way it, it should be. Only, only it is all over the world. The best three old uh, racers, I mean, contenders, uh, they all uh, race with the same weight. On that decides which is the best horse of the year, you know. Wait, when you say that they race with the same weight, like you're weighing the horses or you're putting no, 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 no. The weight, the weight that the jockey carries. Oh. On that, if it's 126 pounds, and maybe it has one. To be exact? Yeah. Like, would you add more weight if the? No, no, the, but they're about one. They're about a couple of uh, hundred grams above, you know. So they're not under the weight after the race, but uh, they're. Uh, Uh, yeah, everybody's carrying the same weight. Apart from the fillies who get uh, usually three pound allowance. And um, after you run a season of the Derby, I mean, I know usually you don't run again, so it's it's over because... No, they do. 
best horses. You have then you have the series. You have some great races. You have the Haskell at Monmouth Park. That was a very good race, mile a quarter, uh, I believe. And maybe Marnes. Marnes at uh, Monmouth Park, which uh, uh, is early August. And then you have the great, the summer derby at uh, on the great race course of Saratoga. Uh, you have the... Um, uh, uh, oh, God, he escapes me. <laughs> uh, it happens to the best of us. It's okay. Uh, uh, you have the, the summer derby, which is the, the Travers. On actually, the Travers is called the, a little bit the, the graveyard of the of the der, of the derby winner. Uh, what's his name? The also the the, the also Baffert that won the uh, uh, that won the triple crown. Uh, American Pharaoh got beat in the uh, Travers, and it happens on a regular basis that uh, the best horses, you know. You can't, horses are, you know, it's, it's an animal. So they live, you know, they live with, uh, with the weather as well, you know, with uh, on some horses are really good in the spring and maybe not as good in the summer or maybe better in the, the fall. I mean, everybody's got a different, uh, every horse got a different uh, peak. They peak at a certain time. And it's very difficult to be able to be good all the time. Yeah. And that's the talent of a trainer to place him when the horse is at its peak. Um, I know we've uh, only got a few minutes more, so I'll start to wrap it up. But I did want to ask because last year was a pretty controversial year in the Derby with Baffert's horse getting, um, I guess, uh, yeah. doping and uh, basically got the well. Revoked. The way it looks now that we have more answers is that uh, the the product they find was a come from an ointment. Uh, that they put on cracked heels on, you know, I don't think there was any intention. It wasn't intentional to dope the horse. Uh, I don't think so. The way it looks, it looks like that, that cream they put on the heels, you know, be, uh, above the hoof uh, when they, have, they can be irritated, the horses, and you put that cream uh, on, he's got that betastadone that, uh, you know, allowed to have in the system mm -hmm. on, Unfortunately, uh, I don't think it was intentional, but on the other hand, I think it was a bit maybe probably negligent in the sense that, uh, I mean, you know, the way when you work in a, in a stable, you know, the grooms, they know exactly what to do to take care of their horses. They do a great job uh, on, you know, probably the guy would take care of the horse. He saw the cracked heels. He went in the tack room, took the cream on probably didn't even tell, you know, anybody because that's what he has to do when, when he takes care of his horse. Mm -hmm. And horse, unfortunately, had that in his system and uh, he's, he got positive, you know. It's, uh, it's uh, you know, it's, so it's very difficult to, to point fingers in that particular instance. So what, what, what happened to Bob Bafford is that he had a couple of positive before on, uh, I must say that the, you know the uh, the Churchill on the uh, New York Association um, beating them on it pretty pretty good right now. Mm -hmm. uh, Who is right wrong? It's very it's a, it's, a, it's a very difficult line. But he had positive on. Uh, uh, I think it was more. There was no. I don't think it was intentional. But it, you know, it's, it's kind of was for a bound of that level was a kind of bit of negligence. Mm -hmm. uh, 
that you know nobody verified that that particular ointment uh, would be could test positive. You know. Yeah. Well, uh, it, it's a very difficult line to, but the 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 people who are taking care of uh, who are taking care of racing in Kentucky on uh, I mean Churchill on. Uh, New York, uh, the New York Association. I mean, uh, they, they 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 want to make an example of Baffert. I guess it's a uh, it's a it's a difficult situation. I mean, there's no there's wrong, but you know, I think it's a little harsh the way they they go after him. Is um he, he should be suspended? Like he's got suspended for three months, but uh-huh. uh, you know, uh, uh, forbid him. To be running for two years, like Churchill is doing on 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 uh, New York wants to to uh, to do that as well. I think it's uh, it, it's harsh. So um, we only have a few more minutes left, but I wanted to ask you um, because you know honestly, I don't know if we've ever had this conversation. But what do you really love like about horses and racing? Why? Um, why choose this as your, as your? I don't know. It's just uh, I started riding when I was twelve, and it just hit me like uh, a bolt of lightning. Yeah, I mean, loved it. You know, that's what I was thinking about. I didn't want to study. I didn't want to go to school. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ride horses and be around horses. I mean, and uh, it turned out it worked out pretty good for me. I mean, I find. I've been able to find some good horses and uh, make a living out of it and been able to send my children to college and take care of them. And, uh, yes. So, uh, no, it's what I loved and that's what I wanted to do. And, uh, you know, it's a different way of getting into it, but it's, uh, it worked for me. It worked um, for me. I, I, I'm glad I did it. I've got no regrets. No regrets. Well, I think it's um, definitely a wonderful thing to be able to do what you love and also be able to. Yes, I'm very lucky. Career out of it um, and making come out of it. Um, and have you ever thought about um, writing again? I, you know, writing is something. I mean, I know some people, some older people do it. But it's something you do young. And uh, I was riding steeplechase at Rome when I was from age 17 to I rode short jumping before that and, you know, rode steeplechase from 17 to about 26 when I got married to your mom. And, uh, you know, then I stopped because of the weight, etc. It was just too difficult. But, but uh, you know, it's like anything you do, you have to do it every day. And once you start to ride once in a while, you're not as good as you were when you were riding every day. On a, so I stopped riding. And then uh, a few of my friends or acquaintances that I know in the in different uh, facets of uh, of the horse riding got hurt. I mean, paralyzed, etc. So uh, it, it shows you how dangerous it is. On um, you know, there was a time when I was doing it and I was doing it well. On um, uh, that time, I pa- it's passed. You know, yeah. you were. Do something else. My my job now is to find, try to find good horses. Yeah, well, um, I think it's uh, it's great, and I'm glad that we got a chance to talk. Um, That's right. Thank you for having me on your on your uh, on your show. And uh, last thing is, I always ask a guest before we end. Um, 
anything that you're reading, watching, or listening to that you recommend that you want to share with other people? Well, what's the news on Ukraine? I mean, I think oh, that's pretty, well, that's pretty okay. important. <laughs> that is very important. I agree with you. Um, any I mean, I said, that are uh, distractions to that? Or? We have urge, uh, I'm, uh, well, I'm, I'm following, uh, as you know, I love history and uh, I see what Putin is trying to do and he's, he's trying to do what, uh, he doesn't have the army that Hitler had at the time, but he's trying to do the same thing and, uh, uh, you know, somebody's going to put a stop to it. Yeah. And it, uh, it's something I'm watching uh, very carefully because it's a, ter- it's a terrible situation. Um, the man's got to be stopped. It is a very, um, very sad situation. Um, well, I will leave it there. Well, I don't but... any books, but I recommend watching some of the, the interesting shows that uh, I follow. And uh, uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's very, you know, there's probably arguments on both sides, but I mean, what he did was a uh, unilateral invasion of, of uh, Ukraine is, is, is terrible and uh, there's no excuse for it. Um, we, uh, I think that's uh, really important. I mean, that's, uh, I can't believe that 70 years old after the, uh, 70 years after the uh, World War, the end of the World War II that we're back, we, 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 we're at the verge of pretty much having the same thing going again. I mean, I thought people were smaller than that, but I guess they're not. Well, um, yeah, it's uh, definitely something I didn't think I'd see in my lifetime, but it is, I, we are where yeah. we are. Um, the young generation that we have of, uh, of your age, on the younger, et cetera, on uh, the easy life that you got, where my grandparents, my grandparents' own parents went through that, uh it's a wake-up call yeah um well i'll you know we should definitely think about doing a second podcast and we'll talk about history and politics because i know it's also one of your favorite topics um as well as mine so we'll leave it there but thank you again for joining and thanks for everyone for listening thank you Charlotte, for having me that's great yeah it's you, been fun I, hope, uh, I try to i hope you understand what uh what the derby is all about, you know, it's to, to try to to find the best horse in the nation. I mean, yes. and it's not that, about um, that, wearing fancy hats and drinking. Uh, uh, well, I, that's the, one part of. I forget oh, what is. I forget what the drink is of that day, but. Um, mint, yeah, mintula. Mintula, thank you. Uh, yeah, there's more to it than that, right? So, um, yeah. thanks for sharing. Cool. Well, thanks everyone, and subscribe right. um, and follow thanks the pod. Thanks for having me on your show. Thanks. Love it. Bye.